I mean, if I could marry a voice, it'd probably be this man's voice, I must say. We have Kush on the podcast. Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> Hello. You actually answered the phone to me singing, and I was like, oh, yeah. I just think it's much more fun to answer the phone singing than like a sort of monotone. Hello. Yes. It's just so boring. You've got to have like sort of light and shade in your voice. But that's like a lovely that, intro. <laughs> do you do that at work? Oh, all the time. Like I walk into the office like, hey. <laughs> yes, guys. <God. laughs> like time. Kush is here. Kush is in. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, he has arrived. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I'm super excited. We actually talked about doing this about a year ago, uh, not long I remember, after I yeah. had Freya on, and then life just got a bit mad. Yeah, um, I remember it was like a back and forth and we're like, yeah, when are you free? I'm free. Oh, are you free? No, I'm not free. Are you uh, no, <laughs> it was, it's a typical like being a friend with someone when you're an adult thing, wasn't it? Isn't it? Because like when you're an adult friend, it's like, oh, we should really meet up. Yeah, let's yeah, let's do it. When are you free? When am I free? When? And then it's quiet for six months and it's like, I miss you. Oh my God, it's a vicious circle. Literally, I'm so bad now. If someone says to me, let's hang out. I'm like, okay, put it in the diary then. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm literally, see, I live out of my diary. So unless I'm doing like adult responsible things that I have to do, I'm just like, right, these are, these are all the weekends I'm free. Please, can you put some fun time in, please? Yeah, no, I'm, I, it's weird. I love my calendar being filled, but I also hate it because I love spontaneous things. And I always find something really fun always turns up like the day before. I'm like, oh, I've got to make my calendar now. Why is this fun thing? Got it? If the calendar was empty, I could have been spontaneous. So, must... so like, it's like, yeah you must get that quite a lot as well living in london oh all the time like this is one thing about london is you either have a really full diary or you spend your life constantly waiting for your friends to cancel on you because you're like hi hi are we meeting today we're like yeah let, i'll let you know because i'm still at work and it's very much every single day is a i'll let you know and you sort of have to constantly be in limbo in london because you never know if you're actually ever going to be able to make the plans you make on that day <laughs> <laughs> It is yeah. like adulting to the next level, basically. I hate adulting. Mm. How long <laughs> have you lived in London then? I've lived in London for seven years now, actually. So yeah. quite a while. Yeah, I sort of moved up when I was younger. I wanted to go to like an acting school and I just picked like a random one, which is absolutely terrible. I, don't, I'm not, I do not condone going to that one. Um, Can you say but it? I, no, I'm not going to say it. We're not going to say it. <laughs> um, but I just did it because I wanted to have an excuse to live in London um, and it was the only way I could justify my, to my parents oh I'm going to move to the big city at 21 because um, in Indian culture it's quite it's not uncommon for like the kids to stay at the house for a while mm. so at the time I was like I'm moving out I need to live my life um, but yeah then I came to London and I just can't imagine being back home at all now like London is I'm either New York or London they're my like two like hot spots they're the places you imagine yourself being. Yeah. Are you 28 now? I am 28 now. I turned 28, 28 yeah, last month. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, so that is, like, that's quite a big thing to do when you're 28, uh, 21, sorry. 
well, we say that, but everyone goes to university at 18. Um, so you technically, everyone moves out of the house at 18, mm. normally. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I was 18, I got a record deal. Um, oh, so just a casual to... record deal. <laughs> I, oh, when I was 18, I got a record deal, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 but sadly, um, my management at the time, who was Jerry Halliwell, she didn't let us go to the university. So I was never allowed to get, like, I was never allowed to get any, like, degrees or anything. So, and then she dropped us at 22. Um, so there was kind of, I've sort of wasted the best part of my sort of university days, which is quite, I had the best time ever. Like, it's amazing because you live a really great fun life. But then at least when you go to university, you've got something sort of to show for. Um, I guess I do have something to show for, but it was just a bit annoying that I didn't get to be that like student living in halls, having an argument with my housemate because they've made a mess. Um, the fire alarm going off at 3 a.m. Oh my gosh, that, stuff. that was the worst. I didn't live in halls. So I went to, I went to uni and did a performing arts foundation. And then yeah. I lived on my own through that time. So I went to halls for like a night and it was the worst because like everybody was drunk. You can't be drunk on a performing arts course because if anybody has been hungover, like that really awful hangover where you can't lift your head, imagine that, but having to do pirouettes the next day. Like that is why you don't drink when you do performing arts course. And the, the fire alarm went off at three o'clock in the morning and it was horrific. It was so bad. I promise you, you did not miss anything by not going to uni. <laughs> But you say that. So my, my performing arts course, I actually know to you're right because me and my friend Kate got really, really drunk one night. And I, I didn't really care about the Sondheim competition because I'm not, a, I'm not uh, anyone who'd like interviews school theatre. Sondheim is very legit. The songs are very, oh, it's mm. not my voice. I'm a pop singer. But they made me apply for the Sondheim competition. That was on Monday. We were like auditioning for it. We got really drunk on the Saturday. I didn't learn my song. I was singing the simplest song ever. I was singing Maria. No, Maria. Um, yeah, it was Maria. Um, I feel you. Is it Maria? Well, no, uh, Joanna. I think it was the female name. Joanna and from Sweeney Todd. Yeah, and it's got yeah. like four lyrics in the whole song. And I just kept forgetting the lyrics. And then my teacher at the time, because he clearly had me on Facebook, said, he just went, sit down, Kush. And to the whole class, he went, if anyone else um, thinks going out on the weekend and not preparing for audition is the right thing to do, then you might as well just leave my room right now. I just sat there. I was like, Firstly, stop stalking my Facebook. If I want to go out on a Saturday night, I will go out on a Saturday night. And you forced me to do this audition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Also, really freaky how he's got you on Facebook. Well, all of our teachers had, because we had a Facebook group for like, any updates. Like, right. happening, at, happening that day. It was like, okay, guys, bring your tap shoes. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, tap. I hated tap. Oh, I love tap. Really? Oh, it's like Marmite. I hated it. I just hated tap classes because you got a headache because everyone was just tapping everywhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not my thing. So I guess, like, we should take it back a little bit. Did you always want to be some kind of a performer or a singer when you were growing up? Or was there, there something that you, you found a little bit later on in your teens? Um, well, I kind of was already, from the age of four, I was already doing shows and competing in, like, dance, actually. Um, so I think it was always kind of written in the stars that I had to do something in the industry, whether it be singing or dancing or acting. But then nothing was really happening for me. Like I'd done lots, well, it kind of, things were going well for us, I guess, a child, but at the time I was just a bit confused. I was like, I don't know if there's a place for me in the industry. Um, so I was going to do a maths degree at Sheffield, funnily enough. 
Um, and then when I was 17, I got a role in a Bollywood film. And I basically, cause I basically said before my 17, before my 18th birthday, I said something, cause I'm quite spiritual. I was like, something needs to just happen now because I don't know what route I'm going to go. And I want, I almost want the universe to tell me what, what where I belong. Uh, and if there's no sign, I'm going to do this math degree and that's the route I'll go. Then literally seven, like when I was 17, a few weeks before my 18th birthday, actually, I suddenly got offered this movie role and I was like, okay, the universe is clearly talking to me and saying, do this route. And then my dad basically said, look, I don't care what route you go. Um, as long as whatever you do, you do it wholeheartedly and you do it with all the passion in the world. There's no point in doing anything to it, like to, to a half cut. Um, so then I guess I went down that route and just sort of stuck, just sort of stuck with it. And yeah, and then I kind of, I think what I've always wanted to do is, it sounds really weird, but I want to, I don't know if it's a singer or an actor presenter, but I want to make an impact with the stuff I'm creating. I don't want to just be a singer or just an actor. I want the stuff that I'm creating to actually have some form of impact on society, whether it's the songs, right, whether or it moves people or anything like that. It just doesn't sit right with me if I was just singing for the sake of singing. There's no mm. point in me doing that. I will not be happy. Uh, but if I'm singing and I'm making a difference or actually creating passion in someone else, then I'm, there, then I'm there for it. It's not just about churning out success for the sake of success. It's, it's yeah. the actual the drive of it. Yeah. So I guess, I guess it's quite a hard one, really, because there's so many, so many elements of being a performer because I think some people do it just because they love to be on stage and, or they really love the craft that they're into as well. Um, but I think that not everybody has that, that determination to kind of make change happen. So like, where do you think that came from? Is it because of who you are, you know, cause you're from that, you were saying your culture is slightly different, you know, um, Asian men usually stay in the home a little bit longer. Is it, is it that that kind of spurred your passion or is it just something that's always been in you? Um. I think it sort of came from, I don't I just think I wanted to see, I wanted to see someone like me when I was growing up. I wanted to look up to someone like me in the industry and I never saw that. I never had that. So I want to be that person to someone else, I think. Um, I don't want to be diversity for the sake of diversity. I want to be the best that we can offer from our side and be there based on my talent, not just the color of my skin or my sexuality. Um, so I, I think that's where the sort of drive came from was growing up. I never believed in myself because all of my, all the boys around me or all the girls around me were, without sounding bad, a lot of them maybe didn't have as many skills as I thought. Well, that makes me sound so arrogant. I don't mean that at all, but I was working really hard. I was working really hard at what I had. I used to dance every single day. I used to sing every day. But these people who I just thought were okay, they were good, but they were, were like, going so far in the industry and I was like what have they got that I don't I just didn't know why I don't know what I was missing and I think that sort of hunger and drive of being not the norm just kept manifesting manifesting and I was like the reason I'm not making it is because no one can see me in the industry because there's no one like me in the industry so we need to create more people like me in the industry so more people it paves the way for more people like me um and that's why I just want to see I just want to see representatives of every, like, I want to see representatives everywhere I want whoever you are to look into the industry and be like oh my God, they're doing it so I can actually do it rather than have this self-loathing and being too scared to step out of your comfort zone. Do you think that diversity's got any better in kind of that industry? 
or is it still something that's got a long way to go? It's getting there, but I'm, I'm, it is getting there slowly, but I'm slowly worrying that it's becoming diversity for the sake of it. So they're not always hiring the best person for it, or it's a situation where, well, we hired that person, so we're diversity. No, but did you really search? Did you like look? Do you like make sure everything was on an even playing field? Was it? And I've got lots of friends who aren't, who are like your normal, like tall, handsome white men who do really well, and they're very talented. Um, but a lot, I've heard some of them say like, "Oh, right, you you guys are taking all of our jobs now." And that language in itself is you're taking our jobs. They don't realise it, but there's this there's this sort of subdued, um, subtle racism. Um, racism underneath it but they don't realize it because obviously i'm their best friend like they people are now thinking that we're getting hired based on the color of our skin but maybe i am better than you at the job maybe i'm maybe mm. if i'm not then i don't want the job yeah but maybe i am and i want people to think i've got the job because they were good enough rather than you're hiring me because of diversity and i've been in panels before where they're like oh no we need to hire that person because we have too many white people we have that color because we have too many brown people we need to keep it balanced mm. balance is important but the best way to, 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 to highlight diversity is make it equal. If you're seeing five of one, see the five of the other. Like, don't make it five to one. Make it like a, let's see everyone. Let's, and then you're going to get the best in the room rather than closing it off, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I, like, and I really agree with that because I think it kind of, I mean, I, I can't talk about diversity in the same way that you can because I am a, a white female. Um, but I see it a little bit in the whole like feminism thing as well. Yeah. Like when they're, when they're saying um, women aren't in the top jobs. Um, so women need to be paid exactly the same as men. And it's like, well, that, some of it, yes, probably may, could be due to kind of the fact that men will be offered a job over a woman, possibly because women might get pregnant at some point and that could be considered, et cetera. But also, that why, why are we taking away the fact that the men could just be better at the job? Like the man, yeah. could, the, you know, the man could be the harder worker, the man could be better suited for that stress level or for that job. And instead of trying to make everything, everyone happy all the time, I think we need to make it fair, but we also need to keep that, that element of, you know, people need to work to be as good as they can be because otherwise you never get anywhere. You need to be challenged. I mean, it's like, if you think about an audition, if you go to an audition, you're going to get that part. Generally, if we talk about it in kind of a bigger sense, you're going to get that part because you're the best person for it, not necessarily because you look a certain way. Um, yeah. obviously typecasting and stuff can get in the way of yeah. that, but I mean, you know, if you, if you're a good singer, you, you're, you're not necessarily going to get it over a bad singer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you yeah, will totally, have to yeah. work to become that singer that they need. Yeah. And I totally agree with you, the whole, um, female to male thing as well, because I think that the problem actually starts from education because you're right. If maybe the man in that person, that particular job is better than the woman, maybe he's not. But what I think what they need to do is they need to make more women earlier down the line, more confident in themselves to do that job. Because then you'll have, rather than just one, if you have one lady compared to five men, and that, the man is actually better at the job compared to the female, but then what if you actually had five females competing against the five men, then you're more likely to get, maybe the female's better than the man, because there just happens to be more choice. Yeah. Like, like it's just, it's, that's just how probability works, I guess. 
So I think the problem is actually just starting from the starting from the bottom. Now we're here. Like literally start from the start. <laughs> Education, schooling. Do you think, because you were saying like when you were growing up, you didn't see anybody that looked like you in the industry. How did you get around? Because that must be quite um quite a hard thing confidence wise to have to because you are literally seeming to go into something that it feels like nobody's ever done before no one that looks like you has ever done before you know nobody that is from your culture or or from your background how do you how did you get through that with confidence or is it just kind of are you quite like solid in what you do um well Obviously, I wouldn't be the. F- I wasn't the first, but there's like hundreds of thousands of people for me. But I, I know what you mean. Um, I don't think I am strong or confident. Actually, I think a lot of it's a facade. Um, I come across like this really perky, happy-go-lucky person, which I am to some extent. But a lot of it, uh, a lot of it is glossing over my real feelings. I'm horrifically insecure. I'm not actually very confident in my. I get that note a lot of the time when I perform on stage. They always really compliment my voice, but they go, you don't believe it, do you? I go, no, I, I do. But I always get, they're like, you don't believe in your own talent. And I get that a lot. A lot of people tell, tell me that. So I guess maybe I haven't got over that. I don't think I actually have got over that feeling of being strong enough because I'm still, I get, still get scared of whether I'm, I should be doing it. Um, so yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I actually did get over it. I think I still have this sort of, blubbering mess underneath (laughs) I think it's really common though I've got so I've I've spoken to um Liz who I I knew from performing arts kind of days and she's been in a film that she co-wrote with Gary Oldman Jessica Alba you know amazing people and she still she still says to me every now and then she feels like it's a bit like imposter syndrome. She's waiting for somebody to turn up and be like, you don't know what you're doing. You know, it's that. And I think it's funny being in that industry because as an, as actors or actresses or singers, I think there is a real need for us to be validated by what we do. Um, And I found that a lot was that I was so confident on stage. And if you put me on stage, you know, I could, I could sing, I was absolutely fine. But inside, my self-confidence was so low. Um, and it was like I was a completely different person on stage to off stage. So I yeah. think it's quite interesting because I think acting and singing and performing do, does actually almost pull these people, these amazing creative people into its world because they're fine, they're looking for that validation um, and they need people to clap or you know standing ovation um but I think it's very common for a lot of people to kind of feel you know like they're not quite there yet yeah no you're totally right I don't know a single performer actually that actually I know one I really I don't like him at all um, <laughs> who, who actually just thinks they're the shit they just walk on stage sometimes it's good to think you're the it's good to think you're the shit but also humble yourself and know that there are other people who are also the shit Mm. Um, I think that's the key. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I know. So like, we probably have so many similar mutual friends who are very much. Um, they go on stage like, oh my god, was that okay? Did I do okay? Did I did that sound a bit flat? And they could have mm. sang the best they've ever sung before. But to them, they're like, just tell me I'm great. Tell me I'm amazing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember my dad once 
he was like, why, why do you want to do this? <laughs> because it, it was, it sometimes I think he felt like it was so hinged on the performance. If the performance went good, it's like better than any high you'll ever find. But if it, if you feel like you missed a note or you missed a step, it's like the world is ending and it's over. And he always yeah, wanted that. I think it's because that high is worth so much more. Um, that high is worth so much more than an office job high would give to me. So sometimes you're willing to deal with the shit just for that one moment of high. Mm. That makes sense. I think that's why we probably do it. Uh, probably. <laughs> Chase, chasing the high. Chasing the high. Chasing the high. Um, your parents sound really supportive in like what you do. Um, is that something that's kind of been aligned throughout your life? Has there, have they always been kind of that solid foundation that you can kind of bounce back off? Uh, yeah, my parents have always been supportive from day one. They've, they've almost been like, I call them dance moms. My mom, I used to, I used to do dance competitions from the age of four and my mum used to get my costumes made in India. She'd drive me to every dance competition. I used to do dance classes five times a week. She would force me to go to them. I didn't even want to go to them. Um, every family party, I would be the entertainment. So I think they very much, I think they support me because they, they were the ones who loved to be around as a child. So they're like, you will do this because we worked really hard. <laughs> um, but it's weird knowing this age, they see the doubt coming in. They obviously think the world of me and think I'm the most talented person in the world because they're my parents and they love me. But occasionally they, they'll be like, have you thought about doing a course? Maybe doing something else on the side? What's your backup plan? And this sort of language is now seeping in. And I'm like, no, 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 please stop saying backup plan because a backup plan means you've already, you're already accepting defeat. The minute you're starting planning, you're failing, then you've already accepted a failing. But they don't, they're trying to be there for me and they like, do feel really bad when I'm like, please don't, don't ask me about auditions. If, I don't, if I'm going to an audition, don't ask me how it went unless I tell you it's gone well because mm. it's going to be bad news otherwise. So it's weird because they're looking out for me because they want me to be happy and be able to live a really successful life. But at the same time, they're just, I guess, having my back and being like, you can do this course if you want. We will support you if you want to do like a marketing degree. If you want to, you still want to do this, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Because I think they're feeling my own fear. Yeah. I think that's natural yeah. though. Like my dad was the same. He was like, do you know what's good, Emily? <laughs> Office jobs are actually all right, you know? I mean, you get, you just go to work and then you come home and then it's done. And, I, and like, I remember thinking at the time, oh my gosh, if I went and got an office start job, I would die. Um, obviously, in the end, I ended up having to go and get an office job. I didn't yeah. die. But it is quite soul destroying when you feel like the people that have been your biggest cheerleaders, they're not, not believing in you, but I think they are just worrying about you and yeah. how you're doing. I don't, I think it's, I think it's not a lack of belief. I think it's in you. I think it's a lack of belief in this society that we are in. I agree. That's a really good way to put it, actually. That's completely true. It's not you. It's actually, look at your industry, mate. Like, that's, it's like, are you sure you want to go into that industry? Because we're going to be whopping up your tears eventually again. Yeah. Uh, And even if you get an amazing job, that's not necessarily it forever. It's always going to be that kind of up and Top down is, yeah yeah i had a friend who did it she was like a lead in an itv drama then she didn't work for three years and she brought really down now she's got another job thank god but 
legit from a lead in an ITV drama to not working, most soul destroying things for a bit. Mm. Um, and I, I think that people view acting and singing and they see these people on talent shows that just seem to walk into a room one day and then, then they're in the final and then they get this amazing recording contract. And I think they think it's that easy. Um, and then they, they're like, oh, you know, a year goes by and they're like, oh, I haven't really heard of them. Oh, they must be like, you know, doing really well. And they've just got so much money that they don't have to do anything anymore. Like, I think they actually think that that is the reality of life. Yeah. <laughs> Little do they know. <laughs> Little do they know. Um, I, yeah, but I think going back to what you said as well, it is so... I'm, I'm obviously not in this, like, this world anymore. And part of it hurts that I'm not in the world anymore. Um, but you're like, doing a more fun world. Well, it's a different world. It is a different world. Like, I was, I was the other, it was actually yesterday, I was talking to one of my friends, and she made a comment, because I, I put, like, a silly thing on Instagram about how Boris Johnson said you have to wash your hands, like, sing while you wash your hands. Oh, the happy birthday thing. Yeah. 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 So I was singing and washing my hands, singing happy birthday twice on my Instagram stories. (laughs) And she was like, you've got a little bit of a sneaky good voice there. And I was like, well, I haven't really sung in ages. And I sent her um, some of my old stuff. And she was like, fuck mate. Like, why don't you sing on Instagram? And I was like, because it doesn't, it's not really me anymore. And it is a completely different world. Um, But it does when I see people out there and like pursuing it and doing it, I'm just like, yes, like I'm so happy that I can almost live vicariously through people. But okay, I'm gonna question you this time. Okay. Does singing does singing still bring you joy? Yes, I think it does. So you say it's the old you, but I I don't think I don't think there's such a thing as an old you. I think Maybe you can start uploading videos. You just you've just progressed in life, but it doesn't mean you've ever let go of that part of you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's possibly because it was such a big decision to yeah you know to leave like leave Mount View to give up on everything. It was like my whole dream, and and so when I said goodbye to it, I think it was like a it was like a relationship. I had to just like move out the country or like cut all all ties and like leave. Um, Leave Wood Green. Yeah, Leave Wood Green and um, just like delete everybody's numbers and just ghost um, just for a little while. But no, I I do think like it's been really nice. I've started dancing recently and I was not a good dancer at all. Um, I was like the female version of Zoolander. Like you know how you can't turn left. I've never watched it, but everyone compares me to Zoolander. (laughs) <laughs> Not my dancing in the, the way I pose, apparently. You can't turn left. No. Oh, is it because this is bad side? No. Uh, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Thanks, mate. No, no. Because <laughs> no, Zuland is such a poser, isn't he? I thought, I thought you only did things that poses forward. No, there's, well, basically, there, <laughs> there's this thing where he walks along um, the catwalk and then he always turns right when he goes on the cat, oh. back down the catwalk. And so in dance, like I wouldn't, I've never been a dancer. I've wasn't very good at it but in dance I'd step turn step to the right and I'd get it but then they'd get me to step turn step to the left and somehow I'd always end up going right again because I just I couldn't do it um so yeah but it makes me smile and it fills my world a little bit so I do like it 
a lot. Um, so it's been nice to go back to it. Um, so what are you doing now then? Tell me a bit about Kush in London, 28. What's your life like? I think it's 2018. I was like, maybe it's 2020. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so right now I'm just going back to songwriting. I'm, just, I'm trying to get my songs in TV programs, actually. But I want to be a pop star. I write music. Um, I love singing. I love performing. When I get a gig, I love performing my own songs to people. It makes me so happy. Um, I audition occasionally, but I think for me, it's all about the music. Now, it's, I don't. I think I act because acting might be more of a short-term pay if it gives you a job. Because music could be it's a long goal. Um, but yeah, I just spend my days trying to, I guess, get people to listen to me sing, uh, as lame as that sounds. Um, and then I have my muggle job, which is Barry's boot camp which is all about fitness. So I guess I get to keep fit, um, but it's very much a muggle job. I think my life evolves around me wanting to be a pop star. I think I just, that's something, I don't know, I walk down the street, that's just how I see myself. I get, so the, the times I get, I get really down when I'm sitting in my office, like, oh my gosh, because I work for social media as well. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sat here getting stressed out about a caption for my work's social media post when I could be doing a world tour. Like, I just sit there going, oh my gosh, is this what my world has come to? Um, and it really breaks my heart. I'm not thinking, like, whoever does that and they love it, good, love your job. But it's just, I just miss stepping onto a stage, performing and, like, just feeling, just feeling that feeling again. I think that's what I'm constantly searching for now is a reason to sing and a reason to sing to someone. I think that's what I'm doing, buying music, shopping working out, swimming. <laughs> um, how do you, like, where does the, because so when you release Beautiful, I pretty much had that on replay. I'm probably most of the Spotify listens. Oh, well, thank so you. Like, I'm sorry. Not 0.0p. <laughs> <laughs> I'm skewing the, uh, with the results, but I'd literally listen to it on repeat for probably half a day. Oh, I love that. Um, and I just found it, incredible and do you so when you write a song do you think about lyrics first or or like a tune first or what do you like how do you work i'm really it's all this sounds really weird but it's emotion so i can't really play keys but i like play a chord i'm like oh that struck an emotion with me and then what i'll do is i'll go like like Whatever goes with that, whatever emotion and sound goes with that will be the will almost come out of the melody, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I guess melody is always where it starts with, but that melody comes from a weird place. And then once I've done the melody, I then write my lyrics. But I kind of do it like in tandem. I'm like, Ooh, what am I feeling in that moment? I'm feeling this. Okay, a lyric goes with that. And then I'm like, okay, then the chorus will always come. And I'm like, okay. And then the song slowly starts to build in that sort of that way. <laughs> mm. That's that, like, it's totally kind of like inspired then it's not it hasn't really got like a reason or a like a a setup for it and yeah. your your songs are quite different as well so yeah the two that are out they're quite because when I first listened to the second one I was kind of expecting another vibe like beautiful and I was like whoa this is completely different like still amazing um but I think that probably reflects in the way that you work which is yeah. amazing well I wrote them a year apart so and also, I wanted to write a song like Beautiful again, but I loved it, but I didn't love it at the same time because it was really as, as emotional and lovely as it was. Um, 
I needed to have some drive in the song now. I needed to have like a, because like Should Love Me has got like a bit of a, a drum to it. Mm. And the next song I'm releasing has a bit of a drum to it. The next three songs actually are very similar. Um, and then, so they, because they all wrote, they all written like within the same sort of week. So yeah, they, they are very different to Beautiful. Um, but yeah, this one, it's like, I need a bit of drive in the song for now. I think, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to write next. I think I might go back to Beautiful eventually. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be it'll come around. Well, it's coming up to summer, so a little bit of drum is oh yeah, is good. Um, so instead of drumming you with more questions, I've come up with a game. Hit me with it. And I haven't played a game with a guest for ages, but this just felt right. So if it's terrible, terrible, I'm sorry. But basically, it's called. I've given it a name. You need to come up with some kind of a theme tune. Uh, it's called Kush the Tempo. Kush the Tempo. Bum. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> right. So I'm going to give you some lyrics. Oh, I'm so bad at lyrics. Oh, oh God. This could go really badly. Okay. I'm going gi- <laughs> to give you some lyrics from musicals. And you have to yep. tell me either what the musical is uh, and w- or what song it is. Okay, are you going to give me a melody as well or just lyrics? Just lyrics. If you get stuck, I'll give you a melody, but I'm yeah. not here to sing today. Okay, we'll start off with this. I'll try not to sing it, uh, to say it in like beat as well. First one. Oh, my friends, my friends, forgive me that I live and you are gone. There's a grief that can't be spoken and there's a pain goes on and on. Okay, so that sounds quite Dear Evan Hansen-y, but I'm not going to go with that. Or six, six musical... Uh... Think older. Older? Dear my friends, okay, kiss me Kate. Too old? Uh, oh, my, oh, my friends, friend. my friends, forgive me. Oh, Les Mis. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> what is it? Na, 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 na. Empty chairs and empty tables? Yes. Well done. Oh. You get one point for that. Okay. I got two. I got... Yeah, but I had to give you a, 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 a three. All right, fine. You You'll get two. You will get two. Okay, right, okay. Uh, Next one. You might not get this one. Uh, Fuck you, lady, that's what stairs are for. Oh, that's very spring awakening. Fuck you, lady, that's what... School of Rock? No. Give me the melody. Fuck you, lady, that's what stairs are for. Fuck you, lady, that's what stairs are for. Uh, what's the letter of the first mu- of the musical? First letter. Uh, a. Oh, A. It might help if I do this with my hand. Oh, Avenue Q. Yeah. I don't get that, do I? <laughs> no. The fact I'm getting it still. I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. You're just going to make me give you points, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> what about, okay, this one. And we are led to those who help us most to grow if we let them and we help them in return. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Wicked. So good. Yes. Amazing. I've lost count of what, what, what you've got, but it's fine. I've okay. 100%. This one, I won't be able to give you the melody because I've never seen it, but I only know it because a guy that I was going to live with in Mountview was in it. So this might help. Him. No. <laughs> you just guessed a musical. I didn't even say anything then. Um, <laughs> It is because I'm a superstar and you don't even know it in a wonder bra and you don't oh, even know every, it. Everybody's talking about Jamie. Yeah. I was in it. You were in it. <laughs> I was in the original cast. Oh, amazing. 
I'm a superstar and you don't even know it. That was going to be my next cover. Oh, amazing. Right. Well, that just shows me how much good research I've done. Yeah. <laughs> no one really knew about it. I kept it a secret. Why did you keep that secret? I think I did it so long ago. I was like, I just don't talk about it anymore. Oh. It was like, I did that at the Crucible. So it was, gosh, how many, three years ago, I think. Oh, wow. Four? See, I only know about it because, um, do you know Luke Bayer? Of course I know. Me and Luke did the show together. Oh! Yeah! I nearly lived with Luke no. at Mountview. No, no, I know Luke Bayer. So I'm talking about Luke. I did the show with Luke Baker. Right, okay. But I know Luke Bayer because me and Luke Bayer are friends. Oh. <laughs> yeah, me and Luke Bayer are really good friends. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, like the nicest guy. Oh, no, I um, love him. It's lovely. Yeah. Okay. We, have we got time for one more? Hit me with it. Okay, right. This one, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at a good one. Uh, if you had a tattoo, that wouldn't matter if you once were in jail or you once were a man. If you had a tattoo, that wouldn't matter. If, if you had, I know this. The next one, tattoo. next line is, if your mother and your brother had a, relations with each other and your father was connected to the Gaddy clan. And your father was collected. Is it Barnum? No. Give me that melody, please. If you had a tattoo, that wouldn't matter. If you once were in know. jail or you once were a man. Oh, last five years? No. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I don't know the song. I don't know the title. I just know it's very last five years-y. Oh, it's Shishka, Shishka Goddess. You'd be really good at that song. I think you should do that song. Oh, I, mean, well, I didn't do too bad, you know. Actually. You didn't. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of set the bar low for me because you told me it was going to, you were going to be really bad with it and you were bad with lyrics. So I think yeah, you've done amazing. I basically got all right, but you didn't actually have to tell me any titles. <laughs> so you won. Yeah, I won. You won. Um, you don't win any prizes. You just oh. win the knowledge that you are still a bit of a My prizes are our lovely chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you honestly thank you so much it's been such a joy to talk to you and it's been so nice just to like get your positivity on the podcast it's I been it. gorgeous thank you so, so much for having me where can people find you you can actually you can find me on twitter and instagram at kushting that's k-u-s-h-t-i-n-g i like texting sexting kushting um and spotify because i'm not a beanock yet on spotify you actually have to write kush Beautiful. You have, to write, you have to write the title of the song and my name because there's apparently a thousand Kushes on Spotify. So you can either write Should Have Loved Me, Kush, or Beautiful Kush, and you will find me. I will be putting all of the links and everything on the show notes as well. So I'll put the specific links to you on Spotify for those as well. Um, Thank you. Because as I said, beautiful. I bloody love it. And yeah, if I could marry your voice, I, could, I would. Um, Do it one day. <laughs> right well thank you so much i really appreciate it and make sure you go and follow kush subscribe to the podcast follow me on instagram mj andrew and we will see you again next week bye bye <laughs>